welcome everyone to Locker Room Rewind. This is the preview cast for the regional round of the high school football playoffs in the final week of the regular season for the 6A Central Bobcats. I'm Ryan Reynolds. Joining me is K-Sans Jaden Hart. Taking a look at this week's matchups, only four games on deck. The number of games slowly dwindling down. That only means that they're getting more important. Exactly. And with six, you know, this this Bobcats getting that chance to wrap up the season, still having a shot at a district title, that's obviously big stakes. And then obviously when you're in the playoffs and having a chance to move on and get one step closer to the state championship game, big stakes as well. So you're right. <laughs> Winner go home season. Uh, nothing really like it. Big game for Mason. They're taking on top-ranked Shiner in the class 2a division one regional round we'll touch on that a little later number seven Cristoval, they are taking on snook who bounced district foe miles in the by district round and then we got a big goliath rematch in class 1a division one sterling city in westbrook we'll touch on all of those let's start with the central bobcats though they're uh trying to rebound off that loss from permian last week they're traveling to Grande Communication Stadium to take on the Midland Lee Rebels. An early kick on Friday, 2 p.m. The winner of this game will be co-district champions with the Permian Panthers. Yeah, and, you know, it's kind of one of those deals where, yeah, Permian's beaten Lee and Permian got the Bobcats last week. And, you know, you can still, though, have that that title there. While it, in Permian's eyes, is their district title, they, you know, beat the two clear-cut other two good teams uh i would say that you know it's still some pride there definitely anytime you can win a district title it's important and with central especially going back to their last stint in the little southwest conference and winning the five straight district titles you know just being able to con continue what they've built as far as being a member of that district you know you want to continue that and, and go for number six one thing Coach Davis really harped on when we spoke to him on Monday was this is a second chance, and second chances in life in general just aren't guaranteed. Uh, they won four straight games to put themselves in this position. Uh, it, it helped that Abilene beat Permian earlier in the season. Um, it helped that Permian beat Midland Lee earlier in the season as well. So second chance for the Bobcats, and when you're looking at this matchup with Midland Lee, it really comes down to what it's come down to all season long, not shooting yourself in the foot, and it's going to come down to whoever plays the best defense. Yeah, no, I think shooting yourself in the foot is probably the best way to put it. And I think that if you even go back to last week's game against Permian, we talked about it on Saturday in the Rewind cast, but Central had pretty much a 21-point swing there in the second half. And then you could add another 14 in their favor off of turnovers in the red zone. And, and you're looking at a completely different ball game. So while Central fans and while Permian, you know, of course you give them the respect that they earned. They, they beat Central, a rival that they hadn't beaten five years or five games. And so, you know, that's really important for them and everything and all credit to them. But, you know, Central is still very capable of winning against the top teams in this district. They only have one loss. And when I say a top team in this district, I'm talking about Midland Lee, who after that Permian game has really kind of shown why they were the district favorite coming into the season. They've just scored and scored and scored again. And, and that's why I feel like you're right. This will be a offensive shootout. And just looking at, you know, just what we've seen in district play from these two squads, the point differential, 75 for 
Central are a plus 75, while Midland Lee is sitting at a plus 118. They've been outscoring opponents ever since that Permian game at a high rate. And, and in large part, it's been due to that offense. Yeah, you know, with just taking a look at how Midland Lee's offense is, is built and how they run their offense, it's honestly kind of surprising that Permian beat them in a shootout. Like, that game was a shootout. Uh, Permian scored 29 points in the fourth quarter in that game and, and really controlled it late. But when you look at these two offenses, very similar style. Uh, yes. They, they like to throw the ball. They like to put up points. Um <clears throat> and that's why it comes down to whoever can can play the best defense. Central, they're averaging 36 points per game. Uh, Midland Lee, they're averaging 46 points per game, holding opponents to just 25. It It's going to be a really good game. Yeah, I would go as to say, you, you know, you mentioned the these two teams are very similar offensively, maybe from a scheme standpoint in the spread. You know, we're going to go quick approach, but – they have two different kind of styles of play in that regard, if that makes any sense. Central has been able to target a bunch of different receivers this year, and it's been a next-man-up mentality at wide receiver. And you've seen games, especially even going back to last week, Malachi threw it 50 times in that ball game. They're, they're a very pass-heavy, live-or-die on throwing the ball, whereas Midland Lee, on the other hand, has a three-year a three starter, much like Malachi Brown. Mikey Serrano uh, sitting there at the quarterback position, who's who's a good quarterback. He's he's a very good fit for their system and is more than capable of beating you with throwing the football. But what I've really seen out of this Midland Lee team in recent weeks has been their ability to run the football. And that is one thing that you kind of have to look at as just a kind of one of those things that can be the change of pace element into the offense and while they have the potential to control the clock i guess because they've had success running the ball they also have the ability to bust some big plays with running the ball yeah serrano i mean you mentioned serrano and in, in the three-year talent that they have uh midland lee does over 1600 yards through the air he has a, a touchdown to interception ratio of 16 to 1 that's impressive he hasn't really thrown it a bunch the last three games um averaging just about 217 yards through the air it's really been their running back their junior running back young who's who's really taken over uh he has six games with over 100 yards rushing he had 225 against friendship 301 last week against midland high 19 touchdowns on the season it's someone central really should key in on oh, i'd say mckaylen young during uh district play has probably been the most impressive offensive player for the rebels and as you said just reading off those stat lines and 200 yards 300 oh, 301 last week against midland high in that rivalry game he's he hadn't even been held to under 100 yards in a game in district and scored 16 touchdowns during that process that's just in four or five games yeah, three me. three four touchdown games alone. Yeah, and and you could also then flip it back over to malachi who in district play <laughs> has thrown at least five <laughs> touchdowns in every game but one insane so yeah i mean it's it's really one of those things where i if i'm looking at the two studs while Mikey Serrano is the guy, he has been a very good quarterback for Midland Lee and is not someone to overlook. I'm just talking so far through district, if you want to talk about guys that are making that X-factor difference on the offensive side of the ball, I think it'd be kind of hard to argue against Malachi Brown and 
and Mikaelin Young. If you're a big fan of flashy offenses that can pull off big plays and score a bunch of points, this is your your ideal matchup. Central and Midland Lee. Uh, I guess taking a, a closer look at this Midland Lee team, unlike Central, who has a plethora of receivers mm-hmm. at, and skill skill position players, um, they 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 really have just just two wide receivers that are are productive for them. Uh, you have Christian Romero and Shamar Davis, uh, both with over thirty catches this season, over six hundred yards for Romero, um, four twenty four for Davis. Um, just, just two other receivers that that Central should should keep an eye on. And, other than Young, and that's no, hard well, to contain all of them at well, once. And Young but. is a target out of the backfield as well. Yeah, you, you know, at at points during district, I keep referencing district because that is our best sampling size when comparing these football teams. Is because common opponents see not necessarily common results. Obviously, with Permian losing to Abilene, but you have a better gauge of where these two teams are at and. One of the things you pointed out there is, at least during the last few games, it seems like there hasn't been a bunch of different targets. Now, there was a game where Serrano did target eight different guys in a game, but Davis and Romero are are the two guys. And that season stat line of over 30 catches has stayed pretty true when it's come to district play. I think uh, Romero's just got four more than uh, than Davis in district so those are the two guys that if you're the central defense keep an eye on uh there's another guy a, a junior uh, i think it's subtle is his last name he's also someone that will receive catches and he's seen you know a consistent number i just don't think he's getting targeted as much as romero and davis have been i went to, i just taking a look at these two matchups um and just kind of comparing box scores by game over district play central i mean they've played pretty spotless up until last week against mm-hmm. permian and you look at the midland the midland lee box score there's one thing that stands out where central i feel like can really exploit and that is what they do best on offense and that is is shredding people through the air um midland lee they've struggled to to stop the passing game this season and you look at last week they allowed 451 passing yards to Midland High last week. That's and, and that's and, and you know <laughs> I could then that's a good positive for Central. Yes, and then I could make the argument on the flip of that is, you know, again I'm not trying to harp on missed opportunities with the Permian game. There's a lot of points that became easily available for Permian in that game. I mean, so the Central defense up to that point had been playing pretty sound football against these common district 26a little southwest conference whatever you want to call it opponents and as where midland lee you know they had that big big win uh, you know coming off the loss to permian um you know i I think they they had to buy and then they hit abilene and beat them 51 to 19 which you know that was like okay yeah the rebels just because they lost to Permian are still one of the best teams in this district and you know if Permian and them were to play again I wouldn't could make the argument that Lee would end up coming out on top and I think the same thing could be said with Central and Permian as well so I think the three of these teams combined are are very equal and I think that the, as we started out saying the biggest thing is going to be and it's even what coach Davis said this week in the the press conference really what it will be come down to is 
who on defense can make those those stops to get the other offense off the field because yep. it is such going it is going to be such a explosive type offensive affair and then that's what you know it, it leads to exciting games to watch fireworks yeah i'm, I'm <laughs> thrilled that we're, we're both actually getting to go down and and watch that game on friday afternoon and i'm, I'm excited to go and see it but one of the biggest things that you got to keep an eye on is you know right out of the gate which defense can kind of make a statement and say hey look you might have been doing this against the other teams this season well you're not going to be doing it up against us because we want this district title really badly. I mean, it's all, all the district is settled in in that regard. I mean, Permian's going to be the one in Division One. Lee's going to be the two in Division One, and then Central, no matter what, gets the one in Division Two. And Abilene's the final playoff seed and the two in Division Two also. So there isn't any seeding. This is just a pride game. And what makes it even better is. You know, Coach Davis and Coach Hartman are, are buddies. <laughs> so while they also, you know, a mutual respect type of thing, you got to think that they've had conversations about uh, wanting to beat the other and the bragging rights <laughs> whole thing uh, there also. So, yeah, no, this is going to be a really fun game. And, you know, Dave Campbell's has it as a 19-point game uh, in favor for Midland Lee. I would I, – I don't think that. I, I really do feel confident about the Bobcats' chances. And – one of the other things is we've seen from Central this year is their ability to bounce back after losses. Those three losses at the beginning of the year showed, and then coming out and beating Abilene, probably playing their best game of the season, showed that they were capable of shaking off losses. So let's see if they can do that again in a, a very big matchup against Midland Lee. I think it'll be closer than 19 points. What better way for Central, though, to go in and, and get that win at Grande? Yeah. No, I, I mean, it would be That'd good. That'd be good. And, and Central's beaten Lee the past six times since 2012 when they were in the Little Southwest together. That that has been Central's matchup. They've owned it. So, you know, Lee is kind of like Permian. They want to come back and get Central because Central had that dominance uh, the last decade during their run. So, you know that Lee wants to, to knock Central off, especially – at home and, and ending the regular season before playoffs. And going into the playoffs on a high note, too. A lot of potential for fireworks uh, in this game. Like you mentioned, we'll both be out there. If you're listening to this, uh, come say hi. We'll have a chat for pregame or whatever. But kickoff, 2 p.m., Grande Communication Stadium, Central and Midland Lee. How about we get in some playoff action? Ooh. Starting with, I know I've used this word, but the Goliath of a matchup. Mason versus Shiner. Um, that one in Pflugerville on Friday at 7 p.m. The Dave Campbell's computer algorithm has Shiner by a whopping 29 points. And I know I couldn't find stats on Shiner last night. And I asked you, I was like, I was like, I was like, Jaden, uh, what do you know about Shiner? I can't find anything on them. And you said they're just good. They're really, I think I think that's, that's I think that's a good way, way to, to put sum it. it up. I mean, they're yeah. number one for a reason. They're ten and zero this season. They're for a, a perennial perennial powerhouse, but so is so is Mason. And yeah, you know, to be honest, I don't know a ton about this matchup. I can say, yeah, there's the historical side of this being a classic playoff matchup in recent years. But you know, one thing Mason does have going for him, and and it's a very tried and true kind of statement at this point but eight wins in a row is hard to do yep in any sport um or at any level of football let me rephrase that and the fact that mason started their season with the 0-4 start that they did 
and was able to find a positive, turn it around and get a win over a rival in Junction, and then ride that wave into District. And they've been clicking since then. And, and I think that Mason is a much better football team. Matthew Kerr has really stepped up. I mean, that was the guy coming into the season that everyone expected to be the guy, that the returner at quarterback. And, you know, you've seen him kind of take over the offense in a lot of ways. And uh, I think, you know, while Mason does definitely come in as heavy underdogs in this one, I think that the fact that there's that history there, the fact that, you know, these two teams don't not, do not like each other. It's a rivalry <laughs> game. In a lot of sense, it's become a rivalry game because they're playing so much in the playoffs. And Mason having the hot hand, I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't put it past Mason because it is Mason. Like yeah. that, that's, I guess, the best way I can sum up why the punchers have a chance in this game. They got Gage, uh, Gage Watson back last week, too, which was pretty huge for Mason. Uh, looking at Shiner, they've just been handling teams all season long. They haven't allowed more than 21 points since week one, and that was to a Hallettsville team that a lot of experts are predicting to come out of their region. Yep. They have that UT product at running back. Uh, they allowed 34 points to them. They haven't allowed more than 21 since then. Yeah, it's like I think they're at like 12 <laughs> points per game. Yeah, uh, 11 points per game. They're putting up 52 points per game. Yeah. That, insane coming off a 72 6 win over freer again re, yes and it was like 40 to 0 at the end of the first quarter or nearing the midway point in the second quarter or something like that because i remember score watching and seeing that and just being like well oh, that's it mason's going to get <laughs> next week yeah no i i mean there's a reason that shiner is the number one team in the state they've played played great football this season i think there wasn't much doubt that they were going to play great football this season and as long as they continue to play up to that expectation, it would be probably pretty hard for any team in 2A Division One to beat them. Now, they do have, if they beat Mason, have that potential of facing Refurio. I do think Refurio is probably going to handle Ganado. But, you know, hey, we'll, we'll see about it. Maybe Mason can shake things up, get there with Refurio, and then maybe they go for a state championship. <laughs> what a story that would be if after starting the year uh, – it just the stuff with Mason this yeah. season. Uh, oh, and four. You know, just, yeah, overcoming adversity and, and, you know, going for a state championship. That would be insane. That would be a good story. I guess the only insight I can offer on this matchup is that Shiner has a pretty experienced offensive line and defensive line, which doesn't really bode well if you're Mason, considering the, the style of play that you are. Like, if you're Mason, you have to dominate the trenches if you want to, to win the football game. So, um, I mean, that's not really looking too good for Mason, but yeah. <laughs> they are Mason. Uh, Coach McLeod and his staff, they do an awesome job. It's going to be interesting to to score watch this one. Yeah, that's a, I think that's yeah. the best way. I think Texan Live is carrying the game for a stream, so if you're interested in watching it, uh, it's an opportunity. If, you wanna, if you're in the Austin area for Thanksgiving, you want to get over to a high school football game, this wouldn't be a bad one to choose just because of the historic side of – or history – repeating itself year and year and year i wouldn't necessarily say historic because it is a, it's more of a fresher thing where you know back maybe back to 2010 or so this they've just been playing each other year in and year out it seems like you can count on a shiner mason matchup in the postseason but yeah I, I mean it should be an interesting game and we'll see i mean it it's really just goes back to shiner just needs to play its style of football and they'll probably be okay 
Mason Shiner, 7 p.m. Friday at the P Field in Pflugerville. One field. of the one of the best one of the best uh, stadium names that I've come across here. I love that. Um, bumping down a division, Class Two A, Division Two, Region Four, Cristoval taking on Snook Friday. Pretty early kickoff time for Friday yeah. as well. 4 p.m. In Fredericksburg, that one's Batlin Billy Stadium, also a really awesome stadium name. Got to see the Batlin Billies earlier this season. The uh, computer algorithm has Cristoval by two touchdowns. I think it'll be more than that. I'm I'm, I'm leaning towards twenty to to twenty eight. You know, maybe a three four score game. I know we we sit on this we should we sit on this show and we talk about Cristoval and just. We we rave and rave and rave about Cristoval and how good that they've been, but Braden Wilcox last week just went crazy. <laughs> and we rave about Braden Wilcox a lot, but man, does he not deserve it this week? Eight total touchdowns up for Mister Texas Football Player of Vote the for week. That kid but, too. I mean, you put Wilcox aside, the offense for Cristoval they've they've really evolved this year. You have more playmakers stepping up. They're less predictable. Uh, Two hundred forty five yards per game on the ground 160 through the air it's not all yes Wilcox has a pretty good chunk of the production but it's not all Wilcox this season and I think that's huge for Cristobal yeah I mean and and we've hit on the fact that their defense is what it is defensively Cristobal has been extremely impressive and you know while they did give up 32 last week to Bruni you know I, I feel like that was in large part because they were rotating guys out because they were up so big. Uh, yeah, I, this Cristobal team is the real deal. I, I think if you're this far in the playoffs, you're the real deal. But this was kind of what it was expected or the expectation coming into this season for Cristobal. You know, Braden Wilcox's senior year, as you mentioned, they've got guys that are tooled around him, Bo Jolly, Josh Fava uh, on offense. And, and you know, defensively, they have, they have plenty of junior talent there uh, on the offense and defensive side that really add that level of veteran experience that, that for a group too that has accomplished so much for that program first playoff win as 11 man they got the first area round win last week as an 11 man and you know maybe they can get a regional and who who knows we'll we'll see and maybe they can make it and play Martin <laughs> that'll be fun. I mean, it'd be a good game because then you have a, a, a team like Mart that's the heavy favorite, and Cristobal, little Cristobal, could could show some people that they're the real deal. A lot of people picking Cristobal to come out of this region as well. Um, you talk I, about the defense; they're only allowing 16 points per game. That's that's impressive. They're scoring 46 points per game. They've actually scored 32 points each of the last five weeks. Yeah, productive, and, and that's, again, I think that they found their stretch. One of the things that we talked about with Cristobal at the beginning of the season was did they could they get to that full level of potential? And I, I felt like early on playing Wink, who is a really good football team, like don't get me wrong, they, they're a great football team. I felt like there were some missed opportunities. Cristobal had that game. I've mentioned that before on this podcast. But even then, you know, looking at how they played so competitively against a good squad, it seemed then and they kind of regressed against Grape Creek and, and against Sonora. But they found their stride and, and really started to pick up uh, once they got into district. And it, it was one of those deals where I feel like now it's they found the stride and they're not going to look back. 
Yeah, and Cristoval. So they're coming off their first ever area round win as an 11-man team, 72-30 over Bruni. Snook, they beat Yorktown 52-23 last week. One thing Cristoval really has to do is key in on Garrett Laro. Garrett Laro. Laro, the quarterback, really stopped the run, and it, it's something that Cristoval has done well this season. That's that's the guy. I mean, if you, if you're looking at one guy for Snook that that is going to carry their offense, it is it is Laro. Not really a passer. I mean, he has had games where he's thrown a decent amount, you know, like 200 yards or so. But what really is the the more fascinating thing with him is how he's done running the football. He's had at least 100 yards at quarterback. Again, remember that at quarterback. In the last five or five of the last six games, and at least a hundred yards in the last three games. And and I think that again goes back to your point of stopping the run. Um he, he's really the guy that, that receives a bulk of the carries and that that I know the quarterback always is the guy that the offense flows through. It's a statement that I get annoyed that I say, but it really does flow through this guy. If you if you stop him, then you're going to be able to stop the Snook team. And then also just kind of looking at Snook overall, I would say that their two imp- their best wins was against Granger in district and then against Yorktown last week. Other than that, they haven't played many teams with a winning record. Now, I I know that Cristobal, their district was was a little down. Uh, it was really El Dorado and Junction that, I, I mean, and Rock Springs, yeah, Rock Springs. Was right there in it too. And Granger beat Rock Springs, so uh, there's some sort of a cons- comparison. And of course, we have the Miles game, but you know, yeah, I, I think that just looking at who Snooks played, I I and they started so slow, like Cristobal, losing their first three, and then they kind of picked it up and they won. Uh, five of I think five of their last six to to close out the regular season. So and then they lost to Burton, who Cristobal was supposed to play in the yeah. first round. They got shut out thirty six zero against Burton. So you know this is it's an interesting team, but I feel like I I feel really good after seeing how Cristobal came out after a bye week uh, that wasn't necessarily supposed. That was good. To be that was good week. for them. Yeah, because very, they, they very got good. they got healed up and and. You know, seeing that they came out and played and weren't complacent and just put seventy-two, probably their best off. Not probably, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it their, was their best offensive <laughs> performance of they the year. Took care of business. Um, seeing that, that's throwing out cliches. Very, yeah, I know, I love it. Um, <laughs> that is a uh, very encouraging for for me as someone that wants to see this Cristobal team move on and, and continue to make history. What's encouraging even more for Cristobal is a. We mentioned how they have to stop the run. Junction, they like to run the ball. They beat them 55-6. to six. Sonora, that's a classification up. They came back and beat them 22-14. to 14. Oh, A playoff team. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of those teams, playoff teams. Uh, Grape Creek, Wilcox sat out a good bit of that game. Uh, you mentioned it was kind of down, but they did beat them 23-18. to 18. So, positives. All positives for Cristobal. Well, and, and I know that I mentioned Snook, and I, I want to give Snook credit. While I, I say that they have played... My, maybe one of the weaker schedules, it, you know, Cristobal, we're going to mention Cristobal's stats and what they're holding opponents to uh, during the stretch, really, through, or through 11 games, Snook is averaging over 30 points a game, 350 total yards of offense per game. They're giving up just 
points per game to opponents and holding them to 186 yards per game. It's impressive. So, so Snook has played very sound on both sides of the ball. And, you know, really that, that stretch I talked about in the last five games where, where Laro has stepped up and, and kind of taken full control of the offense – they're outscoring opponents at a 230 to 55 rate. So, you know, relying heavily on the run game has kind of worked for them in, in the recent weeks. And Snook, that defense hasn't faltered. Um, you mentioned the the competition really hasn't been there, but hey, the 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 defense has shown that they are not to be messed with. Um, so it 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 should be a good game. Like I said, I think it'll be more than 14 points for Cristobal. I think they. They continue to make history and they get past this regional round. Um, I think it'll be by more than 14 points. And I, yeah, I, I feel good about Cristobal's chance in the in this region. And hopefully, I'm knocking on wood because we've got a, a wood desk and everything. But yeah, I, I really do feel good. I I know that there's other like Dave Campbell's has them coming out. I'm sure there's others that has them coming out of this region. But I just I really do feel good about it. Just considering the level of competition and and what. Cristobal has shown to us throughout this season and really in the more in recent weeks that that again the full stride is I think they're hitting it and you know as coach Oso coach for coach Otho that's got to be encouraging it's really what you want from your team obviously at this time of year yes <laughs> really come together so Cristobal Snook 4 p.m. Friday in Fredericksburg should be a really good one, as will our matchup in Class 1A Division 1. Number one, Sterling City taking on number three, Westbrook. Saturday, 5 p.m., Colorado City. Sterling City is favored by the Dave Campbell's computer algorithm by 11 points. This was a rematch from Week 9. Westbrook was number one. Sterling City was number two. Sterling City beat Westbrook 38 to 28 as you know the cliche goes it's always hard to beat a team twice in a season we saw sterling city couldn't complete that last season with rankin here we are again Jaden. how do you feel about this one well i actually just got back from sterling city <laughs> and and talking to coach cisco and and you know that cliche was actually one thing that he said but actually had a really good explanation because it's like you know you got to look at it and Anytime you do beat a team, especially the teams that are at this level, have the road for Sterling City is going to be opponents that they faced, more than likely. I mean, regardless if they win this week, you're going to get either happier Borden County and you've played either one of those teams. It looks like May is going to be the one that comes out from the right side, three and four region side of the bracket, and I got that wrong. Uh, but you know, maybe Lake you'll approve. We're me not right. all perfect. I don't know. Maybe Lake you'll prove me right. Um, but no, you, you've got a, you've got the that aspect of it, and I, I do think that it's something that he really kind of pinpointed and, and just made the point. With they have found their stride, though. Again, stride cliche, <laughs> but I, I really do mean this because. I've noticed it as well. The, those games were close in some ways. Uh, the Westbrook game was not as close as maybe the Borden County and the Happy and, and May games. But I think Sterling City, especially on the offensive side of the ball, is has maybe reached that max potential of what they're capable of doing. And I don't think anyone can stop it because 
if any like looking at Rankin last week and and just how they played and the just ability to okay we were down four and it was a shootout it was back and forth but the ability to have the chance to to come back out in the second half recapture the lead and then just continue and they made it a 20 point game they they started to pull away from this thing against a, a really good team a really really good team yep. and I mean, I just – it's kind of hard for me to pick uh, against Sterling City or even, you know, feel like they're um, not capable of, of pulling off something where they beat that same opponent twice. Yeah, Sterling City, I, I don't I don't say this too often, but this season, if you look at it as a whole, they've looked pretty flawless this season. Yeah. Uh, their defense really stepped up last week against Rankin. Uh, they were trailing early in that game. Um they're trailing at the half in that game. They held them score. They held Rankin scoreless for their last six possessions, which is huge considering um, Rankin has one of the best Class One A Division One players in Deshaun Goodley. Uh, to hold them scoreless on four of the last six possessions is huge. Uh, again, looking at this matchup, I know we've broken it down before mm-hmm. in Week Nine. Westbrook. They have a tight set with big running backs. They have a spread set with more speed. But it's that, really, it's that Sterling – we say it every week. It's that Sterling City depth that really gets teams. And depth is a very important because what I was getting ready to say. I mean, West, one of Westbrook's better players. I mean, it's – you know, they're, they're – they're, they've got plenty of good players as well. I mean, there there are two that kind of stick out. And, you know, one guy, one guy is not going to be playing this week. Um, and that's huge. And I think the fact that you add that recipe – and with the fact that, as I said, I think Sterling City's offense has kind of reached a pinnacle of just speed and dominance. I, I honestly feel like this time around, the game could be a, a little more lopsided in Sterling City's favor. And But, you know, the other aspect of give counter and, and credit really to Westbrook and define odds. And, and people thought they would be good this year, but I don't think they expected them to be this good. And winning their first playoff game since 1997 uh, in week one and you know the handling garden city last week i think they beat them 46 to zero and that was over pretty quickly and you know they've they've proven that they're they're a very capable football team all year long and that one loss just being against sterling city but i do think that it's sterling city's to lose at this point and the argument is again i think i made it on saturday it's you beat the second-ranked team, the third-ranked team, the fourth, the fifth, You've really got to tip your hat. That's insane that you're at this point of the season and you're trying to win a, a state championship and there's a possibility that every game from here on out could be a rematch and yeah. you're still undefeated. Yeah. That's huge. And, and, and you're going Kudos. through again. Not, not just – again, these aren't just random time teams <laughs> that you're playing for a second time. Man. It would be – what people are saying are the top five teams other outside of happy at number six. Okay. Number six, they're still good. And I, I even, if I want to give one hot take this week, I think happy is going to beat Borden County. I, I think happy is a better football team. I, I don't know. I, that is just me looking at on paper and kind of comparing how happy and Borden County played Sterling city. I'm not going to say that I I'm an, I'm an expert or anything. I just feel like happy has an op- like I, I wouldn't think that it's far fetched to say no, that. Yeah. But a lot of people are picking Borden County to win the whole thing. So 
I, I think that there's an opportunity that Happy comes out of that game and we have a Happy Sterling City State semifinal. And then again, the point I guess I was trying to get to without me going on a tangent was the fact that it is rematches and it is the teams that are in the top five. It's Borden County, a traditional powerhouse who's always going to be giving you your their best effort. And when they lose a game like that against Sterling City, against a top team in the state, you know that that is like just that the mental aspect of football comes into play of, yeah, we want to beat these guys. Of course you want to beat these guys, but it's tradition. It's pride. It, it's so much more for these like small communities. And, you know, that, that would be an interesting matchup. But they're all going to be this, this point going forward. And, you know, I, I feel like it'll, again, be May that comes out and, We'd have a May Sterling City State Championship, and I I would say May played Sterling City the best out of all of their opponents so far this season. It's like forty six to forty four, forty four to forty, I believe. Insane. Uh, I I know both of these kind of kind of score predictors that we go off of have the Sterling City Westbrook game pretty close. Uh, the Dave Campbell's computer has it by eleven. Do you have the six man football? Yeah, they Score have uh, they have Sterling City by eight. Sterling City by eight. So I mean, under twelve points for for both of them. A two score game, which I mean, if you're going off of last time, it was a, a ten point game. So I mean, that makes sense. I I am pretty confident in Sterling City at this point. I think I didn't necessarily need to see anything else with them, and and I of course I'm a bit biased because they're one of the teams that we cover all the time. I do see them a ton i don't get to see borden county i don't get to see westbrook and, and happy but i do try to keep up with them and i i kind of felt like last week's game was a de facto or you know in some way a, a state title game because rankin was rankin is really good i i know i start out with saying they're really really good and they are that deshaun goodley is is awesome I think it's Ben Solis at receiver for them, who who also a really good player. Um, I I don't know. I just feel really good. It almost feels destiny at this point for them to get there. But they still have to go through three more games, and and we'll see what happens. Sterling City Westbrook, 5 p.m. on Saturday in Colorado City. Those are our four matchups. It's going to be a pretty interesting week for these Concho Valley teams. Is there anything else, uh, any other games that you're that you're, you're kind of stat watching or score watching or, or just interested in? Yeah, I'd say if you're a high school football fan and you just want something to watch that will be exciting, check out the Malakov and Grandview game in 3A Division One Region 2. That one is a, a rematch from the season opener that was a thriller. Uh, Malakoff's quarterback is is really good. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and try to break it down, but you know I'm I'm excited. I probably am going to try to keep a an ear or, or an eye on something with that game, and and you know you've got a, a few others that are spread out across. I think Mineola and Mount Vernon in that region is going to be good. Brock and Jim Ned uh, could be good. We'll, we'll see. Jim Ned. <laughs> That'll be an interesting one. Y- yeah. Jim Ned, you know, kind of struggled against paradise in that first round. So, you know, we'll see. And then, and then it, I, I mean, if you're going to throw a division two, Idaloo and Canadian looks like it could be fun. Um, there, there are a lot of matchups out there that really are intriguing this week and in, in other, 
Oh uh, yeah, our, our, <laughs> our Yellow Jackets. Uh, who are they playing? Uh, they beat Lyford, so I actually do not remember who Lano is uh, got next on the schedule. But I think that that region looks like it's uh, leaning towards where the Yellow Jackets can come out. I think the only team in there with them that looks good or is good is and who is it? I'm blanking, and this normally doesn't happen to me. Well, that's why we have technology. Yeah, well, so we're going to have that <laughs> awkward pause. I'll let you look it no, up. No, we're good. I, so I'm, I'm pulling up um, the Lano schedule right now. They have, in this regional round, they are facing Jordanton. That's the one, yes. That's what, shout why out, could I shout out Sam Fowler. No, and, and, and uh, <laughs> Jordanton's really good this year. Um, so that could be, that could be exciting. Um, I think that's probably a game that you would probably see on a lot of watch lists. So, no, there there are other games out there, I guess, is the point, as we kind of fumble our way to the finish line, much like I did um, to finish my highlight show last week. Um, I, I do think there's still plenty of in, intriguing games out there. I watched Lampasas and Corpus Christi Miller on Saturday, and that was an awesome game. So, you know, I, I guess if your team is, is you know, gone and you don't want to watch maybe a district rival or anything like that, and you're, you know, wanting to – pull for the Bobcats and 6A or anything. Uh, there are plenty of good games still out there. So A lot of streams available, too, and, and if you that, can't make it out. Yeah. I guess that's what I'm trying to you get can't make at. It out the, the beautiful game. thing is this year is really for the high school football fan an opportunity to have a buffet of games to choose from, especially at this time of the year when you get these bigger matchups. Should be a really exciting week for the Texas high school football season. Central Midland Lee dueling out for a uh, co-district championship with Permian. If you want to, you know, if you want more of a preview on that game, head over to ContraValleyHomePage.com. Mason versus number one Shiner. Cristobal Snook in Sterling City in Westbrook with a highly anticipated rematch. That is it for Locker Room Rewind today. This is our preview cast. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast feed, CVHP Locker Room Rewind on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. We'll be back sometime this weekend. I know we're not doing the live webcast anymore, but we'll be back sometime this weekend for a recap of all of these games. 